0: He's not limited to it. But I'm just giving you a very weak explanation of the fivefold. Okay, (laughs) To some he calls prophets. To some he calls pastors, evangelists, teachers. And to some he calls apostles. These are the five expressions through which Jesus communicates to the church and builds the church. Today, Today and tomorrow are days of building. Do you understand? The church is being built. Today You're being built today in one expression of Jesus, although he, he is free to express any way he wants. Because I don't just believe he's a prophet, he's also an apostle. He has an apostolic call over his life. But, but Andre, I, the reason why I love Andre so much is because he's very relational. He, said, he, he told me this, he says, if I never get an opportunity to preach, but just to be with you, I'll come now that's a friend as a friend of the house so but he mainly he mainly functions in the office of a prophet all right so I want you to put your best hand together for my friend prophet Andre
1: Are you ready? Yeah. Ah, that's wonderful. Life Church Global. Okay. So there's some global branches that's busy being raised.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> global. Global. This church will have three locations that will be rele- relevant to the future. Three locations. This will be one of it, but two other nations other Nations, Life Church Global, three nations, amen, okay. I don't know where you're going to put the people, there's no space, amen, it's such a blessing to be here and uh, we are currently involved in 40 different nations all over the world. So we go to many churches, big, small, multiculture, different languages. But I say to people wherever I go, if there would be a church that I would personally be a member of, it would be this church. Amen. Amen. And so we get many invitations to be part of things and but this is really a place that I will put my name to, that I'll be a member, that I'll be committed to. And so I I hope if you don't mind, but if people ask me in the world what what church are you part of, I'm gonna use I'm gonna say Life Global. That's what I'm part of. Okay. I just uh, ended with a tour or a time in America. We spend about three months every year in America. And so we're on our way back to South Africa from this time. And so we've been home for a couple of months. And uh, it has been a challenging trip for me, these three months, because I've been exposed um, to how dead the church is uh, all over the world. And America and Canada are nations of abundance. Many places, America, Canada, Australia, they are nations of abundance, more than enough. Now, I come from Africa, and when you come from Africa and you go to places that has abundance, I mean, you know that they have abundance. have overflow and everything. But this is the danger. When abundance is not stewarded, then people become unfaithful, and ungrateful. Okay? Now, when Christians become unfaithful and ungrateful, they go down a path where they lose their hunger. and That is the worst place that you can be as a child of God. Because when you lose your hunger, you become completely irrelevant when you have no hunger. I tried to mention to people that when we grew up, um, we would go to a restaurant that had a buffet in south africa and so we grew up poor the poor people called us poor (laughs) so we used to go to this restaurant that had the buffet and if my parents said that that we're going to go on friday then me and my brother would stop eating on monday (laughs) because when we get to that place on friday (laughs) we're going to be ready right we don't stop at mcdonald's on the way to that buffet And so we go to that buffet and we have an appetite. We're ready. And so today, the church have substituted the glory for something else. McDonald's. And they don't have an appetite. They're not hungry. They don't have a hunger. And so nations, this is the danger with abundance is you can lose your hunger. And so I'm saying this to you because there's a hunger here there's a hunger in this place. There's a desire in this place. Now, when it comes to the anointing, we can place a demand on the anointing. I can demand the anointing. But the glory is attracted to hunger. You can't place a demand on the glory. It's attracted when there's a hunger, when there's a desire, the glory comes into the place. Now, the glory is not something that hangs in the air. It's not a cloud. It's not a dust storm, okay? The glory comes on people. It doesn't hang in the air. Glory is for people, it comes on people. And so for years and years, we've we've trained people how to pray for the glory, how to fast for the glory, how to dance for the glory. But we haven't trained people to live in the glory. And so, Suddenly the glory shows up and people don't have a clue what to do. Because they know how to work for it. And so we're living in times right now at this moment where God is pouring out His glory. And His glory is going to places right now all over the world. There's a visitation. Places where there's a hunger. Churches where there's a hunger. People that has a hunger. That's where the glory is manifested. And then suddenly, when the glory comes into the place, the glory outweighs any gift. Suddenly, it's not about prophecy or healing or any gift. The glory fills the place. And that's where we stop working and God starts. It's beyond our level of energy or ability. It's when the glory comes in, it does the supernatural. I like the amplified translation because then it comes, glory comes and amplifies everything. Goes beyond where we can take it. Everything. The worship, the word, the the giftings goes beyond that. Now, that glory is not there just to be manifested on one person. But it's so that every person in the building can carry that glory and leave the place with that glory. Now, in the Old Testament, when the glory came upon Moses could be seen he looked different and so something changed in his life when he encountered the glory he he had a shine on his face and so when the glory is manifested there's change change takes place so something in this is Old Testament something changed his, the, the, his appearance changed because he had an encounter with the glory and so when people have an encounter with the glory they cannot remain the same Amen. they cannot remain the same but suddenly those people become carriers of the glory. Not the air. those people, those individuals. And as they leave this building, this place, you know that Jesus did not die for a building? He died for you. So the glory doesn't come on a temple. It doesn't come on the bricks or the building. This is just a gathering place, which is getting too small, by the way. <laughs> and so it comes on the people. Now the people leave this place, but they become carriers of the glory. And anyone that interacts with those people cannot remain the same. Because no one can encounter the glory and remain the same. So suddenly, an entire nation is affected by the glory carriers. And so please, being in ministry has nothing to do with being part of the fivefold. We are all called to be in the ministry. We are all called to carry the glory. And so God's pouring out His Spirit on the earth right now. And so people become those carriers of the glory and they go out back into the marketplace. And they take the glory into those places. But when you have an encounter of the glory, things have to change. You need to understand that you don't have to change to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit fills you, you change. There's a change that appears. And so it's impossible to remain the same, it's impossible. I look back at my life now and I don't remember the good sermons, I don't remember, I mean the, the music, I remember the encounters that I had, that is what I remember. I had an encounter when I was 16 years old, I, didn't, I remember those encounters. When people are exposed to an encounter, they can never remain the same, never. And so suddenly people are drawn to the glory. They look at you and there's something different on you. You don't even have to speak to portray the glory. It's what's upon you. Moses didn't speak. They looked at him and they saw something was different on him. And so the way you do business is different. The way you handle relationships and marry your marriage, and it's different because of what you carry and what is upon you. And so people see that and they're drawn to that. They wanna know, what, what are you using? Where do you go? What is on you? What do you have? Because you have something that we don't. Because we work just as hard as you work, but your reward is double. <laughs> we are tired, we are worn down, but you're full of energy. And so, you have something and we want that. And that's where the world is attracted to the glory. Because you look different. This is, this is prophecy, by the way. It's prophecy. <laughs> I'm speaking about your future now. <laughs> Double portion. They will work twice as hard. It's attractive. But today, many Christians in the world, they work twice as hard, but they can't outweigh the world. Something's wrong. The glory comes in and makes everything easier, suddenly accelerates everything. You know, I'll study the life of Jesus, and when I look at his life, the more and more I study his life, I find there's three things that he did a lot. There's many things that he did, but these three things stand out above everything else. The first thing is, he prayed a lot. He prayed. Every now and then we find him praying. The second thing is he taught. He taught his disciples. He's with the crowd, but when he leaves, he continues. To teach, he taught a lot, and then the third thing that he did, just as much as prayer and taught, is he rested. He rested. What is that? It's when he rests and he sits back, then the glory continues to move on. It's not. It's not just measured on his ability or his gifting or talent. It's there. And so we know how to work, but we don't know how to rest. Remember what I said. We know how to work for the glory. We know how to pray. We know how to usher in the glory. But, but when it comes in, we don't know how to rest. We don't know how to allow the glory to function in our businesses, in church. And this is the season. This is the time for the glory to start to function. When we rest, it continues. It moves on. It moves on your business continues to grow it continues to accelerate because of that glory that rests upon it and so right now right now this moment in the earth there is a shaking that's taking place right now whether you notice it or not there's a shaking in the world families are being shaken churches are being shaken finances are being shaken Marriages are being shaken. Pastors are being shaken. There's a shaking right now in the world. Everywhere. Everywhere. But then there's a group that God speaks about in these days called the remnant. The remnant is the group that after the shaking, after the fire, they are the survivors. They are still standing, they still remain. They're still here. And so this evening I'm speaking to that group. I'm speaking to the remnant right now. <laughs> You're still standing, You're still here. Listen, there's many, there's many, who's not standing anymore. Many pastors gave up, they quit, they left. Many businesses collapsed. Many marriages failed. But then there's a group right now, after the purification, after the storm, after the fire, they are still standing. They're still here. Okay? Let's get get into the Word. Romans 11, verse 2 to 6. Romans 11, verse 2 to 6. Now, this is a group of people that think that God abandoned them because of the shaking, because of the fire. The think God left. And so Romans chapter 11, verse 2 to 6 starts. He says, no, God has not rejected and disowned his people. And so the word that I have for you tonight is no, God did not reject you. He did not abandon you. And so because of what you've experienced, the storm, the fire, he did not abandon you. He did not reject you. He says, and this only people whose destiny he had marked out and appointed and foreknown from the beginning. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel. Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars. And I am and alone and left. And they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I've kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant, a small believing minority, selected, chosen by grace, by God's unmerited favor and graciousness. But if it is by grace, His unmerited favor and, and graciousness, it is no longer conditioned on works or anything men have done. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace it would be meaningless. Amplified version. And So Imagine. there's this group <laughs> right now that's active on earth called the remnant. And so their ability and their strength comes from the glory. Amen. It's not their works. It's not their ability. So everything that they touch multiplies and works and continues and overflows. Amen. Not because of how hard they're working but because of the glory they're living in. And so this is the days where we live in the glory. Now, we're living in the glory right now. We live in it. And so it touches everything around us. And so I want you to know as a group tonight that the glory makes things easier. It lifts the burden. It, It makes it easy. Suddenly, it's not my ability or my strength. You see, I can prophesy in my ability or my gifting. I have the gift of prophecy. So I can function in that gifting, but I'm still limited. I'm still limited. But when the glory comes, suddenly there's no limitation. Suddenly there's, there's no end. Suddenly when my gift stops, the glory starts. When my ability, my strength, And so, we're not after a gift. We want the glory. Okay? So, read with me. John, chapter 17, verse 1. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Jesus says, He says, the hour has come. Glorify the Son. Glorify me. So that I can become famous? No. So that I may be seen? No. Glorify me so that I can bring glory to you. And so suddenly the glory comes upon your life and it gives glory to God. Everything that you do, wherever you go, it brings glory to God because of what is resting upon your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for every person that's here tonight. Father, thank you for what you're doing in this nation and with these people. Thank you, Father, that we are part of a kingdom and not an earthly nation. That we don't have borders or we don't need passports or visas, Father. That we're part of a kingdom that stretches over this earth. Thank you, Father, that we are part of a greater group. Thank you, Father, that tonight I can prophetically address the remnant, the survivors, those that have been through the purification process and they're still here, they're still remaining, they're still standing. And Father, I thank you that your glory is upon them, and as they are glorified, that they bring glory to you. Amen. The people will look at them and they will see they carry something different, there's something else about them. I declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. So, for the beginning of this year, I asked God for a word for this year, a word that's relevant to the nations, to the world, a word that's relevant today, and the Lord has given me this word, and so as I share this with you tonight, I want you to know it's a prophetic word for everyone. Don't leave here tonight and think you didn't receive a word. I'm going to give you the word now. Every person will leave this place with a word. This is a prophetic word. For 2019, for this season, for where we are now. Okay? 2 Kings, chapter 2, verse 9. It says, When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? It says, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elijah replied. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise Not. So he has a servant and after years of service, he says to his servant, is there anything I can do for you? He says, yes, I want double what you have. (laughs) So he says, so you need to see this, that there's a desire, there's a hunger. It's not limited by another man or something someone else has accomplished. He looks at him and says, yes, I want to do that, but double that. There's a hunger, there's a desire, glorious attracted to hunger. And so, he says, you've asked for a difficult thing. Because if you've asked me for what I have, I could have given it to you. But now you've asked for double that. And only, only the one who gave it to me can give that to you. Yeah. Only he can do it. Yeah. And so, he says the follow, following thing. He says, so, if you, are taken, if you are with me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Wow. And so, he can be part of this ministry. His ministry for 30 years, faithful, loyal, committed, and let's say the last couple of days before he's taken from him, he, they have an argument. And through this argument, he, he leaves. <laughs> Even though he served for 29 years, 11 months, <laughs> he would leave without the double portion. Because yes, if you're with me when I'm taken from you, it'll be yours. And so often, just before the breakthrough comes, the enemy tries to dismantle relationships, tries to break friendships. And so tonight I have a question that I want to ask you. I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm going to ask you the question. In this season of your life, God is assigning you to someone. And so tonight I want to ask you, who is God assigning you to in this season of your life? And the reason is that that person that you are being assigned to carry a double portion. They carry your breakthrough. They carry the double portion that you're trusting God for. And so I'm not asking you, who do you want to be assigned to? I'm asking you, who is God assigning you to? Because that relationship is more vital than you realize right now. That relationship. So, in the natural, you're being assigned to someone. And in the spirit, you're being assigned to someone. Obviously, in the natural, you're assigned to your husband or wife. That relationship is a priority. But in the spirit, you're being assigned to someone for the season. That someone is a mentor, a coach, a pastor, a leader. It's the the person that God is assigning you to in this season. And that person carries your breakthrough, the next level, the next door, the double portion. That person carries it that God is assigning you to. Now, the world has more than enough information to keep you busy. 24 hours a day, the world can keep you distracted and busy with things and invitations and so in this season, it is important to prioritize your relationships because you can't be everywhere. I started to travel the world about six years ago and started to get invitations from all over the world. I try to do it all but if you try to be everywhere, then eventually you realize that you're nowhere. And so I'm traveling, I'm doing all these things and, and I realize it's empty. And so you're trying to reach all the people. You're trying to show up for everything. But I want to help you tonight to understand who is the people that God is assigning you to. Now, that can be more than one person. But that relationship is a priority. That is the phone calls that you take. That is the place that you show up because there's a double portion that's connected to that place. Amen? Are you with me? Now, in the same way that you are being assigned to someone in the season... There's people that's being assigned to you in this season. And so the question that I want to ask you tonight is, number one, who are you assigned to in this season? And then number two, who's assigned to you? And you may sit here and you might say, Andre, I'm not really relevant. Listen, you are carrying someone else's double portion. And so you can try to be everywhere, but it's important for you in this season to make yourself available to those people who has been assigned to you. Jesus was assigned to the 12 disciples. So he taught the crowd, but he spent time with the 12. Because they were assigned to him. And so that relationship was a priority. I want to tell you the truth, the truth tonight. Those 5,000 friends that you have on Facebook, right? (laughs) When you go through a difficult time, they are not going to show up. They're not going to be there. They're going to give you a like and a share. That's it. They're not going to be there. The people that I'm talking about tonight is the people that's going to show up when you go through a storm. They're the ones that will be there. They are the ones that you can phone, that you have access to during this time. These people. Listen, people on Facebook really don't care what you post. They don't, they don't read. They just like it. You can say, I'm having the best day of my life. They like it. You can post, I'm having the worst time that I I like it. They don't read. They don't read. They don't care. They're not going to show up. They're not going to be there. But these people that I'm talking about tonight is the people that will be there. And so it's important for you to identify who is God assigning you to in this season. That relationship is a priority. When you respond to things, that relationship is a priority. Right now, in the season of my life, I'm being assigned to Ed. It. It's my mentor. I'm being assigned to him. The Lord assigned me to him. And so, two years ago, um, he phoned me. He said, Andre, I'm coming to South Africa. I'll meet you at the airport. Um, let's have a coffee. And so I said, yes, sir, I'll be there. I'll meet you at the airport in South Africa. I'm assigned to him. And so. A couple of hours later, a pastor phoned me from West Palm Beach in America. And this pastor said to me, he said, Andre, I'm, having, I'm going through a challenge. I am going on vacation with Joel Osteen. And I have no one that I can leave my church to. Would you come to America, do a 30-minute meeting, takes me two days to get there, and then fly back to South Africa for two days and stand in for me for this meeting? I said to him, yes, sir. It would be an honor to be there to help. I mean, he's going with, I mean, imagine Joel Osteen and him. They are going on a ski vacation. And so, so Joel is saying, well, I'm leaving my church to T.D. To Jakes. Who are you leaving your church to? Oh, ah. And so I thought, this is an amazing opportunity. <laughs> and so I said, yes, I'll be there. So I put the phone down, and I phoned Prophet Ed, and I said, listen, I won't be able to be, meet you on Monday at the airport for coffee. I need to go there. And so he responds, and he says, but you have a meeting with me. And so I sit in a situation where I realize, who am I being assigned to? I want to be there, but God wants me to have coffee. He wants me to, this is where I'm assigned to. And so suddenly I had to make adjustments to that because this is where I'm assigned to. And so this relationship, listen, I'm in ministry for 20 years this year. 15, 14 years in South Africa, small ministry ministry. Slowly going nowhere, okay? 14 years. And then this relationship that I, I'm talking about now, God connected me to this relationship. And because of my faithfulness and commitment to this relationship, who I'm being assigned to, it has opened, this relationship has opened 40 nations to me. Oh you understand? And so it looks small, it looks insignificant. God will use that relationship to open up the world to you. Amen. on every level, on every level. And so I want you to understand that, that you think, not everyone, you think that this church is insignificant. Come on. You think that your relationships here is insignificant, but these relationships will connect you to the world. The people here, right now, right here, is more important than you realize. Listen, Israel, they leave Egypt. A couple of hours in the desert, they start to complain. They say, they say it was better for us to be with, to be in Egypt with the Egyptians. We rather want to be Egyptians, because at least we guaranteed one meal a day there. Now we have to live in faith in the desert. Now they want to be Egyptians, but God said, no, no, I called you to be Israel. And right now, you look insignificant. You look small. But I'm about to make you a great nation. I'm about to lift you up. And so this is where you are right now. Don't underestimate the people that you are walking with. Hmm. Don't underestimate them. Don't look at them in the natural. Because the people that you walk with, they're going somewhere. They're on their way. And so, I want to make it easy for you in this season. The world wants to distract you. Wants you to be there and be everywhere. Who is God assigning you to in this season? That's the place to be. That is the place to show up. That is that relationship becomes a priority above everything else. Yes, your husband is important, your wife is important, but in that relationship. Because that relationship contains your double portion. Okay? Read with me. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I remember a time in South Africa where I walked on our farm, and as I walked on the farm, suddenly the Holy Spirit impressed it on me to pray. And so immediately I thought, what's wrong? Is my family okay? But I just prayed. So I just walked and prayed in tongues. And as I prayed for a couple of minutes, it lifted. I felt the breakthrough. I felt the atmosphere shift. And so a week later, a lady invited me to a meeting. And as I walked into this meeting, now this lady who invited me, she buys the clothing for our ministers and president. Apparently, they don't have time to dress themselves, so she buys their clothing. And she invites me to her home, and I walked into the living room. And as I walked into the living room, here is the president seated and the ministers. And so she says to me, I've brought you here tonight so that you can minister to them." And so suddenly, I became anxious. She didn't tell me about the meeting. And so I said to her, listen, just just give me a couple of minutes. I just need to get into the spirit, just need to get my... Get myself ready and get all the gifts to fire. And so I'm, I walked out to her home and I started to pace up and down in the parking. started to pray in tongues. I said, God, I pray. I mean, all the prayers that I know. Thank you, Father, for the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I pray right now that they'll be alive and active within me without any hindrance. And just prayed, all these, everything. And so God speaks to me in that moment. He says, Andre, what are you doing? I said, God, I'm getting myself ready. I need to go in there, and and I mean, our nation is different. If you say the wrong things to the president, you can end up in prison. So, I mean, uh, God help me. Give me the right wording. Give me, and so I'm praying. And so God says to me, Andre, you remember a week ago, on the farm, my presence came upon you, and I told you to pray. I said I remember. He says it was for tonight. You see, there's a Holy Spirit in this season that is assigned to you, and that Holy Spirit. When you go to bed at night, he's, he doesn't sleep. He continues to pray. He continues to prepare you. And so there is meetings that's about to happen next week that you don't even know about. It's not even scheduled. It's not even in your itinerary yet. But the Holy Spirit knows. And he's dedicated. He's been assigned to you. He's committed. He's dedicated to you. And when he prays, he doesn't just pray, I mean, People need to understand that that it's not God and then junior Jesus and mini Holy Spirit. This is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. The same Spirit that was in Jesus. Same Spirit. And so, maybe you who haven't raised someone from the dead yet, but the Spirit inside you was present when every miracle happened. It's nothing new to Him. That's the Spirit that we have. And that Holy Spirit has been assigned to you. And when he prays, he prays with wordless groans. Yeah. He pushes in, yeah. presses in, yeah. goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And so he's preparing things. And so in this time right now, there's times early in the morning, at, in the day, at, at night, when the Spirit comes upon you and he says, pray, just pray. Yeah. Don't think about why is this, why do I, just pray, just pray this moment. Because there's a Holy Spirit that is assigned to you and he's preparing you for things to come. When we have the Holy Spirit, this is what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is an unfair advantage. That's what the Holy Spirit is. And so everyone has access to information, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it gives us access to the supernatural. And so what you know about business, when the Holy Spirit is involved in that, it gives you wisdom and knowledge and understanding into a supernatural level. Where earthly knowledge cannot go and I don't have understanding of. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so there is these meetings that He's planning for you in the next couple of days. And you don't have the wisdom. You don't have the understanding. There's many of these things that you cannot explain. And so you'll get get caught up in these meetings and then the Holy Spirit will speak. He will give you access to supernatural wisdom where there's things that they that they don't know how it works they can't figure it out then suddenly he comes in and gives you access to it So a young guy in new york two years ago i i ministered to this guy young guy in new york i mean he lost his job he had nothing I ministered to him and i said to him that spoke to him about the door that god will open to him and that god will give him wisdom that he will not function in his position because of his of his qualification but because of the wisdom that God is giving him. And so a year later, I went back, and he he shared the testimony with me. He says, listen, God opened a supernatural door to me. I'm working for NASA now. I said, what do you do? He says, I don't know, but it it works. And so he's some form of electrician or something there, and he says that, he says he opens up these things, and, and then when they leave, he prays. And then God just shows him how to connect this stuff, and he connects it, and then it works. And so, <laughs> and, so and so last year they gave him this, this, this uh, raise in one specific department. They gave him shares into the development because of it, the knowledge that he has about these things, and it's the glory. He says, it's, I don't know these things. I don't know how it works. But God is giving me access to the supernatural. And so... You can lean on your understanding, you can lean on your ability, or you can lean on the supernatural. And so in the area of work where you are, suddenly when the glory comes upon you, you become an expert. It amplifies everything. Suddenly your level of knowledge and wisdom goes to the next level. And so you can say, no, 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 I'm going to work this and study hard and listen. You can work as hard as you want to. We don't receive the glory by works. We receive the glory by hunger. By hunger. And so as you hunger for God, the glory comes. Whatever you lose, don't lose your hunger. Whatever you lose, don't lose your hunger. You can lose everything in your life. Don't lose the hunger. Don't lose the hunger. Right now, the church in the world, what they need is the hunger of God. Yes. That's what they need. They don't need more gifts. They don't they need hunger. That's what they need. They've substituted the glory with everything else. With everything else that is there. They need the hunger back. They need an encounter. Listen, you can't fake you can't fake it when the Holy Spirit shows up. He knows our motive, he knows our hearts, he knows he looks through that. And so I'm in meetings where there's two people standing right next to each other, and the one person has a supernatural encounter, and then the one right next to them, nothing happens. Same room, same meeting, same worship, maybe it's the worship leader, same worship leader, same place. The difference is the hunger. The difference is not the outward appearance. The difference is the hunger on the inside. So suddenly when the glory comes into, what we just experienced in the worship now, anointed worship is just as powerful as prophecy. What we just experienced now in the worship is the glory that's coming. But the glory is attracted to hunger. Where there's a hunger, this glory is manifested. Don't miss it. Don't miss those moments. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray for a hunger upon us. A hunger upon us, Father. A hunger that nothing else can satisfy. Nothing that the world has to offer. Father, I pray that people will wake up in the middle of the night. They can't sleep. That they'll be desperate for you. Hungry for you. That nothing that the world has to offer can replace that place. Nothing. Only you, only your presence can fill that place in them. Father, I pray and tonight, Lord, we repent for where we have substituted the glory for other things. We need your glory. Father, remove those things from our lives. Come, fill the place. That belongs to you I pray for a hunger among us, a hunger among us let us be desperate for you again, desperate desperate, I pray that in Jesus name, amen amen, I want you to think about this after the meeting, number one who am I being assigned to in this season so as a husband and wife or go sit, sit together after the meeting and say who are we assigned to in this season identify those relationships because then you know what to respond to and then also go sit down and say who who is assigned to me in this season and it's important to make yourself available to those relationships it's important that they have access to you access to you I have people as I travel I have people in the world that want to follow me and I have to say to them it's it's not going to last you're not assigned to me who are you assigned to not who do you want to be assigned to. See, the person that you are being assigned to is a sacrificial relationship. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have to tell you, wow. Prophet Ed is not the most easiest person <laughs> to be assigned to. He's not, I mean, it's sacrificial. I have to fly and meet him in different places in the world. I, it's, it's sacrificial. It's not easy. But I'm assigned to him. And so I'm not saying who, what's the most comfortable people to be to hang out with that's what i'm saying i'm saying who's the people that god is assigning you to and you need to understand and i mean there's people in the world that miss this because they look at the person it's not about the person it's about what they carry so don't look at that god's placed something in them something upon them and that's that's what i'm joking about so don't look at the outward appearance look at what they carry okay before I came here, um, I, before I left South Africa on this trip, um, I went to a nation in South Africa called Kimberley. Yes. Okay. That's the first time I ministered in this city. And uh, so everyone in this, this is where the biggest diamond mine is in South Africa. And so everyone in the church that works at this mine. And uh, um, in the afternoon they took me for a tour on this diamond mine. And as we went on this tour, The guide said something. We were walking and he said the following thing. He made the statement. He said, only diamonds can cut diamonds. Glass cannot cut diamonds. And so there's people in your life right now that has absolute no effect upon you. (laughs) And you have absolute no effect upon them. Surround yourself with diamond cutters. Surround yourself with people that's affecting your life in some kind of way. Same thing with you. I've been trying to work with this person for 10 years. Maybe it's time to move on. Move on. If you move on, they're still following you, yes, then God is in that. If not, just move on. Just move on. Move on. There's people that God is assigning you to. And so there's people that you have an effect upon. I've been traveling the world, and then I go to places where there's just no effect. It's great, and it's an amazing experience, and, and, but then I leave, and there's no change. There's no effect. So I'm saying, God, where are you assigning me to? Because I want to go where you want me to be. You see, when you are in the will of God, yeah. then there's protection, there's favor, there's resources. When you need His will, and so when you are in the right relationship, then it's part of the will of God. And suddenly everything shows up. It works. It's there because that's where God is assigning it to. So I would rather be where God wants me to be. I have to learn, and I mean, there's people in this room that can tell you. I had to learn, I had to go through it. I've been, I've been, you know, there's nations that I've went to in the past where when I arrived in those nations, when I arrived, God said, I never send you here. And I mean, it was tough. The reason was I had to function then in my gift. I had to make it work. It's difficult, I could do it. But then there's places where I'm in the will of God. And then, just easy, it just works. And so why do, why do I want to go to, to places that God is not sending me to? I want to be where he wants me to be. Amen? You with me? So no judgment on you, no condemnation tonight. I want to make it easy for you. And so when you identify these things, it becomes easier. You know what to say yes to, and you know what to say no to. Because you know who you're being assigned to in this season. Amen? Those relationships are more valuable than you realize. There's people here tonight that even in business, this is not just ministry, in business, you're being assigned to a boss, being assigned to a leader. Listen, those leaders, those business people might not even be Christian. But God is assigning you to them. And that relationship carries a double portion. Because that relationship will open doors that you don't have access to. We'll give you favor in places that you, that you can't be. And suddenly it's, it opens that door because of that relationship. Identify who you're being assigned to. Identify. Everyone in your life is not sent by God. Yes. Telling you the truth tonight. It's not sent by God. You know, I'm in, I'm in ministry, full-time ministry. is all that I do. And even in that, I've been to places we got never sent me to. I said, God, I can't understand. It's Christian. It's church. It must be you. In these days that we're living right now, there's two different churches that's arising all over the world. There is a church that has the form of God. The form. It looks like the real thing. And then we have God's church with His bride. And the difference between Him is power the one looks like it sounds like it but they have no power and the sign of that if they have power is life that is being transformed that is the sign So the power that I'm talking about is not just prophecy or, or, or miracles it's lives, it's souls being saved it's life is being transformed. That is, the, that is the power. And so today, I tell you the truth, we have many churches over the world, big churches, that do not reach out to the lost. It's been 10 years and no one has been saved. <laughs> Looks great, sounds great, but it's dead. Lives are not being transformed lives are not, they're coming to celebrate something. It's like an altar. They come to sacrifice. They come to and they leave and the sacrifice is over. Where the church of God right now is where the glory is released and it's not just about one common person. The glory comes upon the house, upon the people and they are activated. And so they go out and they function with the same authority as the pastor. The same giftings. And they go out and they become effective in where they are. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. Okay.